Hey, Adam. Hey, Nadia. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to be releasing episode one of season eight of Relay Essay. And boy, is it a doozy. I'm so excited. Me too. Who is our first guest? We have Dr. Neil Bedell. <laughs> this was this amazing. Was amazing. Yeah. This is an amazing interview. Also, um, I can't remember the exact date, but I think Neil was either about to start a new job or was in the midst of starting a new job in a busy time for all of us in the field. Yeah. And he was just so generous as he always is to, to sit down with us and, and have, have an interview. It was, it was fabulous. It was nice to connect. And I think we, I think this was a time when we uh, learned that caucus was officially not going to be in person. I think like, I just remember us just really appreciating the opportunity to connect and missing like, Oh, too bad. We won't be able to see each other in the summer. I know. You know? And this is a relay that I think started with Jen Brown, because I think Jen Brown passed it to Tracy Mason Innes, and then Tracy suggested Neil. So uh, we're carrying on that relay, which is pretty awesome, too. So good. Well, hope you folks enjoy our first episode. Here it is. I will declare that I'm not the type to have any yes. It's worth all the shares. One podcast student affairs. Wanna hear what they have to say, along with all the guests that popping on the way. Without further delay, it's relay. Yes, hey. It's been so long, Adam, since we've done like our intro, right? <laughs> how do we do this again? How do we <laughs> I know it's been a while. We have to remember how to I think we normally just ask who we're interviewing, yes, who they thank are, you. and to tell us a little bit about themselves. So yeah. welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Do you want to tell us your name? Sure. My name is Neil, and I love that Like you're, the script is coming back to you. Yeah. In real time. In real time. <laughs> <laughs> That's COVID. COVID erased it. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have Dr. Neil Bedell with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for and, having me. And can you tell us what your current role is and what institution you're working at? Yeah, so my current role is Vice President of Student Success at Centennial College. I think today might be my one year work anniversary in oh, that wow. or it was like earlier this week or it's next week, but maybe it's today. Um, and so, yeah, so it's been it's been a year in that uh, in that role, and I started with Centennial at, in the dean of students role in 2014. But before that, I was at uh, U of T, and before that at the University of Guelph, and before that at the University of Alberta. But before that, was McMaster University for the undergrad experience. So some fun some fun pieces, and I still look 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> this work has not aged you. No, one... <laughs> no one's seen me, so like that's okay. Um, Neil, can I ask you, were you from the Hamilton area or what was your decision to go to McMaster? <laughs> What's so weird is I was thinking about this recently because you know that play Blind Date? They did oh, it at yeah. Buddies and it was like the, the first uh, the same sex one. And that same question was, was popped up there. 
Um, and the only reason I even like looked at university because my, my family didn't go to, to college or, or university, uh, but my high school girlfriend at the time, Teresa, um, wanted to be a nurse and she was just so infatuated with, uh, with, with McMaster. And so we did a road trip up to McMaster and toured the residences and the whole campus. I'm like, hey, sure, like, it'd be good to go to McMaster too and see what happens. Um, yeah, and so that's what brought me there. And what was interesting in the in the blind date show is like when they asked about that and we were in my date with whatever his name was, uh, we were driving to um, Darlington Nuclear Power Plant to just hang out in the parking lot at, on stage. And then one of the, because it's all improv, the other actors, act, actresses came out and was like banging on the window. I was like, Neil, is that you? Uh, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, hey, it's Teresa from high school, your old girlfriend. What are you doing with a boy? It was <laughs> a really fun. They just like their their improv skills are like mad amazing. So it was interesting that that just That's came funny. up recently too. That's amazing. But yeah, it was a girlfriend so, that exposed me to McMaster. Teresa had this huge impact on your life. Yeah, like I don't know if I would have even gone to to university, and oh. if, if if I hadn't like um, been exposed to a university, and that was the only university I had actually set foot on, and it was because of Teresa. Yeah, which is so interesting. Hey, how how paths just sort of come mm -hmm. together. Yeah, and I clearly didn't play straight well any time in life, but somehow there was a high school girlfriend piece that. <laughs> her role was to pivot you to McMaster. It's what? Her role was to bring you to McMaster. <laughs> her, her role in, in my in my in my closeted moment in time was to yeah. take me to McMaster, where we then had a different chapter of our relationship. <laughs> I'm just picturing like the movie scene of the two of you showing up and being like, oh, we're going to go to university together and we're going to be together forever. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we shared a pizza, pizza, pizza at Togo Salmon Hall. And like, <laughs> oh, you. So Neil, you're saying that you're the first in your family to go to post-secondary in, yes. and so what was that you were going to McMaster and you're navigating this experience. You didn't think you were going to go to university. Um, so what were some of the, the highlights or the memories that stick out for you of navigating university life? Yeah. The, the memories that come to mind initially were all the excuses I made to drop out. Oh. And so the, the the day before and it was it was like it, it was august 30th or 31st 1997 and it was the day that princess diana had uh had died in the in the car crash and i was up yes totally that was just nadia like giving like peace to the world <laughs> peace yeah that is influence and i've been watching all of the like royal things on netflix recently just because i don't have a commute time right now um but back at that on that on that date I was out with a friend in a bar, saw the news, stayed up like all night watching the news, got up the next day and was supposed to drive to McMaster. And I was like, maybe it's a sign, like we don't need to go, like I'm too tired. Like I don't need to move into to, to residence, like it's done. And my family were like, oh, everything's like packed. Like we gotta go. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I, as we were driving into Hamilton, 
it was it was at that point in the '90s where student affairs wasn't was isn't what wasn't what it is now in terms of like an inclusive kind of space. And so when we were driving QEW four three whatever that road is from Oshawa to um, to Hamilton, there were these signs across all of the different bridges. And Adam, you might remember it because you were probably there at that transition time. But there were signs like. Thank you, fathers, for bringing your your daughters to McMaster. And I was just like, oh, no. And it wasn't from an equity place, like where I felt that that was wrong at the time, all in our journeys. Um, but for me, it was just like, that doesn't feel like me, like that type of culture. And oh, like that's then the type of person I need to play again, more so in terms of that sort of like hyper- um, masculine type of person, which I didn't play well. I'm just using that language now in retrospect. Right. Um, so that was another piece. And then during the first week of school, I had this like debate with a wrestler around how wrestling is not a sport. And that was like, he had some great points. I thought I had some great points. Um, and he's like, he's like, well, do you want to wrestle? And of course, like being the closeted game man I am, I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course, I can take you down. <laughs> it was like, I think I just finished that syllable and all I then remember was actually being face first on the concrete oh, outside wow. of the residence. And I couldn't get up. Like I just could not move. Um, so they had to take me to the hospital. Um, <laughs> it's not funny, but I can't. I know. I, and I had broken like my, my collarbone. So like my like I, I couldn't I couldn't move. And then I was in the emergency room with all of these like drunk other undergrads not getting attention because they were in just more of a health crisis. And then I had to go home and I was just like, I really don't need to go back. <laughs> I'm failing my courses. I'm, I'm broken my collarbone. Yeah. Don't go back. But then there was this pull somehow. Maybe it was Teresa's energy um, uh, who, yeah, brought me back. And then it it kind of like first year was also not good because I was seeing like 30s and 40 percentages with grades, with physics and chemistry and stuff. Um, but yeah, what, what kept me there was actually the community piece and was like, well, these people are really cool. And I feel like I'm I'm me. And it was the it was the pull back um, mm -hmm. with the with the relationships that really um, got me there and, and they continue to be the the Mac family right so we we oh. do always like we continue to do like cottages together birthdays like all of those pieces uh together but that was the that was my 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 persistence thread was the people and do you think like first year Neil would just be how do you think first year Neil would feel knowing that you're now like you have a master's you have a PhD you have a successful career, like starting with kind of low marks in your first year and then now finding that community and finding that connection. And then like years later being this kind of academic, um, having a terminal degree, like all that, all those successes. Yeah, no, thank you. That's kind of you to say, Adam. And I think first year Neil is still current Neil, who's like, this is, this is another, this is another person. You know that, um, that, that, that line from Chess, that song, like, here I am, someone else's story, like that, 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 that piece. Um, I come to that a lot in, 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 in presentations or how I see my life, because it just feels like someone else's story, because that's not 
the this isn't the story I had imagined for myself back then. Back then, I was either going to be a, a restaurant manager or a uh, or or continuing my role at uh, at Tip Top Tailors as well, right? So yeah, no, it, it definitely like past undergrad me and current me still has this dissonance of mm -hmm. how how other people might perceive um, like the circumstances or descriptions of me now. Yeah, it's a good question. Well, I guess you don't ask bad questions. You're 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 Natty and Adam. You <laughs> Thanks, Neil. You asked the good tough question. Um, you have a Tony Award water bottle. I do have a Tony Award water bottle. Yep. <clears throat> oh, mine's boring compared to yours. <laughs> oh my gosh, Natty, sorry. I think I cut you off with oh, the Tony okay. Award. I was just curious. So you had this like tumultuous, and I think some people experience similar journeys throughout post-secondary and like, do I belong here? Should I stay? Should I go? Uh, and then one of your first like major positions within student affairs is residence program coordinator. So like what happened? Like, how did you catch that bug to be, I want to be in this, try this field out, like not even be, but I want to try this field or go for this position and stay at this institution. Yeah, it's a it, it's a good question, and I don't think it's the it's the dream or passion that people might think of when they think of me, um, because the the entry into student affairs was as a, um, a I forget what we were called like I, there were sport coordinators and hall coordinators back in the the, the time at McMaster, uh, and I was like, hey, I don't have any money. I'm on full OSAP. This job pays. Mm -hmm. And I and I'm I'm kind of liking this residence piece. So the the attraction was like the the enjoyment of the experience and wanting to contribute to that um, as equal to it being a a, a way of, um, of of paying my my way through right. And then I had wanted to go into um, teachers college and wanted a. Um, an experience abroad and another friend and myself, Stephanie, um, applied to, um, similar to, to you, Adam, because you went to Australia, we applied to, um, to, to England to do our, our postgraduate certificate in education and got in and we had these like dreams of like, oh, it's going to be so awesome. We're going to be on the English countryside and we'll take the train to Paris and have this whole like, you know, European fantasy and uh, and I saw the bill of like twenty thousand dollars, and I'm like, I'm already in debt, like twenty five thousand. Like, what am I going to do with another twenty two thousand or whatever um, in debt? I should I should get a job. Um, but I'm like, what do I do? Like, what kind of work would I would I do? Um, and a residence manager at the time said, Hey, Neil, like the University of Alberta is hiring, and I was like oh, okay, like, I'll put in my resume for it. So, like, the resume that I did in, like, fourth year high school went into this job, this application process at the University of Alberta. It was an awful, awful resume. was supposed to do a presentation, and I did the presentation on, like, Bristol board, so I was ready to have, like, my hand-ups of what the student experience was like. That same friend was like, Neil, like, there's this thing called PowerPoint, and I was like... Oh. Oh, like I don't want to learn PowerPoint. She's like, no, like you're doing an interview, like you have to do PowerPoint. Like I'll do it for you. So she put my presentation together in PowerPoint, 
and we were doing video conferencing for it. And I was just like, I'm so nervous. And she's like, don't worry, I can be there with you. So she sat underneath the camera <laughs> in, my, in my video conferencing interview for moral support. Uh, and I gave this interview that, you know, like that I totally wouldn't pass next to the folks that, uh, that I work with in, in Oise would just kill it, like kill it. Like I wasn't even like close to um, how amazing they are. Um, but I got in, thanks to um, Tracy Mason, Jason Hunter, um, Dima Ukoff, seeing some kind of roughness. Um, and I was like, oh, this is great. Like I will go there. And it was a financial piece again, right? I'll go there and earn money and then go to teacher's college, right? And that was the that was the trajectory until, you know, I started realizing, hey, like this is actually an okay deal. Like I really like this. It took a bit getting past working with the hired students who were our staff who sold alcohol and promoted various different things that we would not sort of see within student mm -hmm. affairs right now. And I applied to be on a cruise ship because I needed to get away from student affairs. Um, but yeah, what, what anchored me was um, Dr. Peggy Patterson, because when I was going to leave, um, I remember going to a session with the RLPA, the Residence Life Professional Association, and her line that we are professionals in a profession. And I was like, we are? Because my first year at U of A was awful. Um, but I heard that line, we are professionals in a profession because there is a body of literature to inform our practice. And I was like, oh, there is? What is that? And it was exactly what I needed because I was having such an awful experience as a residence manager at the University of Alberta. Fantastic place, amazing, like love, 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 love. But it was, it was, it was me and not being uh, prepared in just a different chapter in, in student affairs. Um, all together. Uh, but it was Peggy Patterson's word that kind of opened this door of like, hey, there's something that you can actually um, build your practice on. And here's kind of that, that, that doorway, which I'll forever be grateful for. And it was that plus meeting then my partner, um, Dave, my partner now, David Newman at the time, um, that started sort of like concretizing like, hey, this is like amazing work that value of being an educator is realized now in this forum. Plus my roots are starting to, 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 to grow here. Like I had never been in a relationship before. And then all of a sudden there's this David Newman character um, that started like settling me. And uh, that sort of kept me on that, on that, on that road and discovering the, 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 the passion and the potential um, for transformative education through student affairs. That's so great to hear. I, I pick up on <clears throat> this idea of like professions and professionals because I was, our, our research team uh, found an article that you wrote in uh, College Quarterly in 2015. Um, and you kind of, you, you were picking up on what you heard from Peggy Patterson and also Dr. Peggy Patterson and you wrote to, to be considered a professional student affairs practitioners must consult the student success scholarship to inform practice and engage in dialogue concerning intersections between academic scholarship and practice. And I know this is a big part of your teaching at OISE and your practice um, at Centennial, but I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, useful ways for student affairs professionals to maintain that connection between um, academic scholarship and practice in kind of work in that overlapping space of, of practice and, and scholarship. 
Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a good question. It's a tough one, and we, we that was actually a question that a student raised um, this week in class. Like, how 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 do we do this? Because many of us who are also working are finding the like our the demands on our time are so into the work obligations and tasks and and roles and responsibilities that there really isn't a lot of time to engage in um, consulting the research scholarship. Um, and also the reflective practice piece is another piece that I would add on to the, that 2005 um, conceptualization with conversations around um, reflections, particularly with respect to, to uh, power, privilege, and uh, systemic inequities, right? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's, it, it's a tough one because it's easy to say it is an important element of defining ourselves as a profession. It's a necessary element as defining ourselves as professionals within a profession. Um, and for me, the, the, the visual that always comes is, is, is Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. And the power that we have is with respect to our, our roles and responsibilities over the field in which students engage, right? Whether it be one-on-one -on -one advising or programming for orientation or roles with policy procedure development or roles with advocacy with the government, we have a power with respect to uh, um, our responsibility over the field. And I think once and when folks um, agree with that or, or not, but I think, I, I think folks want to, you, you, that time comes in, like you, you, like you, you make the time for things that are important. And for me, it's, it's, it's pivotal. So the question is like, how can you make that time in a busy demanding um, schedule? So one thing that um, that my team and I have done, because we realized like, hey, we're also not doing this well because we can get like totally caught into the world yeah. of everything else, including like emails that just like, and in the time that we're here right now, we probably each had at least one email that has come through. So we've actually, in our cycle of uh, meetings, dedicated one meeting an hour and a half a month, totally fair, of sort of um, learning development reflective practice. And we're like, we can carve this out. And if each of us takes one of these meetings to, to leave, in terms of like the, the, the injection of content, that's reasonable and that's, that's, that's doable, right? So like just how to sort of bring this in in, in reasonable and incremental pieces because it's so important with respect to um, our obligation for student success and our power over the, the field. I love that. I love the, um, the, the, the Spider-Man metaphor of with great uh, power comes great responsibility because to me that grounds um, the idea of connecting scholarship and practice in an accountability framework. Like it, it mm -hmm. means that we have to be, in order to be accountable to the students and the communities that we're working with, it means keeping up with what's going on in lots of different types of conversations. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, what I thought was just going to be a little bit of a, um, a touch point or experiential learning in the, the college system, because it was interesting when I did leave the, um, when I was transitioning to the college system, many folks within student affairs were like, 
why would you go to a college? Why would you go, why would you leave U of T, right? Was the, oh. were, were, were a lot of the questions. Even my parents who do not, who did not go to university or no, they're like, why would you leave U of T for a college? And it's so, it's so interesting. And it's actually so sad that the, that the college system carries this symbolic capital of inferiority, mm -hmm. right? Um, and even when we think about our, our, our experiences at caucus or in the, um, in the classrooms at, at Boise, anytime we talk about student affairs and student success, we reference a university, right? And it, and it always takes some kind of person to prompt, hey, what about the, what about the colleges, right? Um, and so for me, the, the transition to the colleges was, I thought at first, going to be that initial kind of foray exploration, experiential learning to understand an aspect of the system that, that I didn't know. Um, and what I have come to learn and love is that the, the colleges are truly positioned to transform lives through education. And at Centennial specifically, like when thinking about like the, the high number of first generation students, high number of students where English is a learned language, high number of students who present with accessible learning needs, high number of students who are international and um, on OSAP. And at some points, like the number of students on OSAP are like can come into the 90% the range, right? Which is the highest um, across the Ontario system. For me, it's punctuated the immense responsibility we have for students and also for overall um, social equity inequity to address social inequities. Yeah, so that's what that, that that's what really kind of yeah deepened the 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 the, the pieces and to do that with with less right like unlike the universities like like folks aren't going to pay an extra can't pay an extra three thousand in incidental fees that some other universities can charge, right? So it's, it's trying to do all of these with, 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 with less, but for me, it's punctuated just how instrumental our roles as student affairs professionals are yeah. for students. Such a good point. Um, thanks for talking about the, like the, you know the murmurs and like what the perception in our field regarding the difference between university and, and college and how there's like a fear between changing um i remember like working at humber college and then going to you know uh, working at u of t scarborough campus and and i actually missed working at the college for quite some time before i finally settled in and found my groove within a, a university setting so Thanks for like bringing that up. And I, I guess I'm trying to figure out and hoping that you could share what are some, if you have any, any guiding principles that you look for when you're looking at career opportunities that what, so people are telling you, don't do it, stay, you know, stay at U of T, stay at the university setting. And, you know, you, you're following your own compass. I guess what helps you with each position that you've taken on, what, what, what were you seeking and what were you looking for to make that jump? Yeah, it's and that's always such an interesting career question, right? Because like the 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 piece around the importance of alignment between values, dispositions, beliefs, abilities, strengths, um, the the qualities of the the hierarchical kind of supervisor mm -hmm. that you would be working with, 
are really um, are really uh, apparent in, in the literature in terms of rational career planning. And of course, like those absolutely make sense. Like you want values alignment. Like I love Centennial and, and Centennial will likely be my home till retirement because of that, of that values alignment, right? Mm -hmm. My relationship with my supervisor, Craig, has been fantastic as we've both um, transitioned through various roles. So all of those 100% absolutely matter. And I think those are important in the consideration. Um, the other piece that I think is important in the consideration is, is the, is the non-rational pieces, right? And we don't always have control over what that next step is. And for some people, it might need to be a financial piece, right? And, and that resonated with my, with my past as well. So at some points, like that might, that might take primacy over some of those other pieces, just simply based on the, the instrumental components of, of, of one's life at the, the time. Um, and I also think about the, the, the pieces around, um, around, around racism and biases that work against some of us who are, who are people of, of color, where we may not have been selected for various opportunities. So we kind of need to cast this, 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 this wide range or this, the, put it like to, to, to kind of use a scatter approach to see what might pick up, right? And mm -hmm. so while while you know the, the the importance of the alignment, values, etc., for fulfillment, I totally get, it. and I feel like I'm in a privileged place now um, to have experienced that. Um, I also think that there's these other functional elements with respect to the financial uh, components, and also the and sorry, and I was saying the financial components as in, in with respect to folks maybe needing more, but there's also the financial piece in balance with family lives, right? So some people may not feel like based on where their family situation is right now, that while opportunities might be presenting to climb that kind of um, hierarchical, metaphorical, problematized ladder, the, the, the piece around their commitment to their family actually matters and should matter more at that, at that moment in time, right? plus the other kind of systemic pieces where some of us need to need to do that scatter piece. Um, and the way I found myself in this role at Centennial um, was, was, was just through frustration. <laughs> like, it, like it was actually like zero plan. Um, I had wanted to, to, to be in the colleges. I had interviewed at, <laughs> actually I, I had interviewed at all the GTA uh, colleges and I always got a, a decline um, because the feedback was I didn't understand the student experience and I didn't present as like I, 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 I sounded too, too removed and too, um, too, too, too academic, um, which, was, which was true. Like I did not understand the, the, the college uh, student experience and I was not presenting um, those pieces well because I just hadn't uh, gone in uh, deep enough. Um, and so what happened was when I was at the University of Guelph, Love the University of Guelph. Amazing, amazing people there. Yeah, and Guelph really taught me the the value of of, of relationships. And there was a, a moment there where Irene um, was addressed the department with um, when, when a student had um, had had uh, had gone through something really horrible, and it was just formidable. And that was just one piece of just how rela relational Guelph um, Guelph is and taught me loved it 
but I was commuting to Guelph from Toronto on a Greyhound bus, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, like, I, I can't just leave. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I enjoy the work. You know, it's, it's hard to just sort of like go and, and, and not have an income. But what I have control over is an application. So anytime there was a, 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 a bad commute, and I think I applied to the uh, applied to Centennial during a winter snowstorm where the bus was full and I had to stand in the aisle on the yeah. journey from Guelph to Toronto. So I'm like, oh, this was the most awful day of my existence. I can't do anything, but I'm going to apply for a position. So here we go. What's up? Um, and the and the and the the VP student role at Centennial was up at the time. So I I I, I threw in an application for it. Um, and then I got a call for the interview and I was like to my partner Dave, I'm like, there is no way I am ready to interview for a VP student's role. Um, I'm going to just decline this because it's too stressful. And he's like, no, like you never know what will happen. I'm like, okay. So I prepped like I was like, I like I had never prepped before. Um, Worked on a Bristol board presentation. It was not a Bristol board. It was so not a Bristol board presentation. There was a ton of research. I looked at like policy, key, uh, key performance indicators, like which I had never looked at before. Like all of these things, like I got so, so deep. Um, I didn't get the job and I shouldn't have got the job at all. Um, the person who got it was Craig, um, as, he, as he should have. And what happened then was the president called me back and was like, well, our current dean of students just got the, 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 the vice president student's job, but we really enjoyed you and we think you might be our next dean of students. We have to like, um, you know, go to market and all that kind of stuff for a, a fair process, but you, like, you know, we, 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 we see the fit, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, that's kind of like just how this entryway came in and it was from non-planning and a moment of frustration. I like yeah. that you were like a little bit insecure. You're like, it's, I'm not ready for that jump. And it's like, stars are like us. Like, <laughs> have that, you know, when we're applying to different roles, we're like, I don't know if I could do this. And it's like, apply, like, don't screen yourself out. That's, an, that's a really, and like, Nadia, that like, that theme has come up a lot. And there's, there's research, obviously, beneath that too, in terms of like uh, gendered perspective and, and racialized perspectives. Um, but like, what a, what a, like, what a, what a disservice to like, to, to, to your, to oneself and the student affairs profession to like count your capabilities and strengths down before mm -hmm. it's even sort of put, put forward. Right. Um, but so many of us go through that. Yeah. I find that's the, the number one thing I share with folks in informational interviews is just apply. Like it's that it's the poster that I think was on many of our classroom walls. Like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of like, but I, I, to your point, Neil, I think a lot of racialized folks, a lot of women kind of opt out mm -hmm. or like self-select out because, but there's like the overconfident, like white dude who was like not having that level of <laughs> reflection sometimes. And they're just uh, very confidently applying to everything, whether they're qualified or not. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think we need to throw our hat in the ring and be aspirational and be confident um yeah no, you're totally bang you're, you're you're totally bang on right and and like how do we how do we do that because one's one's storied existence doesn't change by us simply just saying you need to do it right and 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 those appropriate 
pieces up, like you're going to miss 100% of the shots that 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 you don't take. Um, which is why I think like the 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 power of like the, the community to sort of uphold. I think it's admirable, like Adam, like when you're doing those informational interviews, because it's some of us have never imagined ourselves in in certain spaces, and it it does take a, a journey of community to to untangle those those stories of, of of barriers and and not seeing oneself in certain spaces yes. um, to 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 build the foundations to at least get to the application right and that encouragement yes yes no no absolutely and like i'm just thankful for um and i'll mention uh jason hunter because anytime i was applying for um a, a role um and j would email him to ask him for advice it was always a yes you know so whether it, it was him driving uh in his car and 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 chatting me through some stuff to to, to think about like it, it was just uh phenomenal um and it was it was it was it, it's part of what for me has instilled the value of always say yes like if someone is asking for some kind of of, of guidance like this is what I have learned from the community and has benefited me in terms of changing my internal story towards at least an application. Um, then it's it's my obligation, my relational obligation to others in this field to to to, to say yes and, and be a part of their journey. Awesome. So now like, after a year being in the role, and I, I guess oh, you part of your year was during this crazy COVID. Yeah, <laughs> not unlike yours there, Nadia. <laughs> I know, it's true, but like, I guess, year one done, like, what were, what's that one highlight, let's, let's be positive, what's like one highlight after year one? A highlight for me, um, and when I was transitioning to the role <laughs> pre-COVID, um, and I was meeting with all of the, the senior staff, and, and one person, Sherry George is her, her name, and her advice to me was, like this was fantastic. Like you know, we loved the the, the dean of students thing that you you, you had done. Um, but we 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 are worried that you're going to be the VP, a, a VP student life, right? And there's this um, there's this whole area of enrollment services that 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 you might not see as deeply as as you can and and should. Um, and that advice really like like stuck with me and that was pre-COVID a few weeks later, March 17th, like we're closed. And like, where does all the attention need to go? The engine of institutions, which is enrollment services, right? So scheduling was a, a, a big piece because how is how is that going to, 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 to work? The recruitment admissions piece, because now we're going into a time where you know, folks are, are wondering like what's what's happening and how do we have those conversations of, of recruitment? How do we celebrate the end of the year through through uh, convocation, right? And our students are working primarily in the hospitality industry and other sort of precarious contracts and the importance to now supplement lost work or um, lost wages. So the, the bursary element was was huge. The access to technology was huge. And all of that was such an en enrollment services piece um, that for me, a highlight was really seeing the, having the opportunity to learn and see and be a part of the, the engine um, that enrollment services is. 
and across the institution, just seeing folks not care about their assigned roles or assigned areas and being like, yes, um, it totally is important to, for us to get these laptops to, to, to students. I, who, and not me, but this person, Terry, um, and Magdalena, who work in student life, would be like, yes, we will develop the forms in order to facilitate the scheduling for, for, for all this, these pieces and, and help colleagues out. Like, it just, it just, yeah, the, the depth of learning and the collaboration was just phenomenal to, to, to see. And I think all of us experienced that, right? Like, I don't think that's a centennial thing, but I was, I was proud to sort of be a part of that with the context of centennial. Yeah. It's so great to hear. And it's great to hear about some of the wonderful colleagues and teammates you have at Centennial because you have a pretty stacked team, I think, from everything I know, which is uh, exciting, I think, for an institution to have, especially at a yeah. time like this. The folks are, the folks have, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I learn a, a ton from them. And they're, yeah, so, so phenomenal, which, like, and it, I'm not just saying this here, I've said this before, like, like it's, it's Centennial for me for, like, the the rest of it now right and there's only 10 more years or so in my career before i know where it's a Big dream is like, it's like order the gold watch we're ready yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who wears well, watches order the gold i don't know i don't even wear micro, rings micro trip that we'll have all have my gold, my <laughs> have you watched the show three percent no you haven't heard of it Sorry, it has a like the microchip thing and just sort of like fallen into that right now because that's what that's what you do on weekends now just sort of like engulfed in Netflix. Um, it's Hunger Games made into a series, but not the actual Hunger Games. It's just like it. But if you like okay. Hunger Games, you will love Three Percent. Okay. Yeah. I'll check sorry. it out. Well, I I think we have time for maybe one or two more questions before we get into our lightning round. But I oh, you, you were just talking come on about the fun lightning round. Uh, and we have some new questions, some fun new questions for you. So I'm excited. Um, but you're just talking about um, even like projecting down like a couple year, 10 years, I mean, a, another decade until retirement, but you've been working steadily at lots of different institutions in a few different provinces. Um, I'm wondering, Neil, if you could tell us a little bit about maybe what you've observed to be, and we're also in a young profession, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we're, we're growing and evolving in kind of rapid, in a lot of, a lot of ways, it feels like it's moving fast. Um, maybe slow in a lot of other ways. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm wondering if you might just tell us your insights about maybe things, ways that you think things have changed in student affairs um, since you began. And then maybe if you have any thoughts on maybe where you think we're going or where maybe you'd like us to go. Yeah, so interesting. Um, the, I remember when I was at the University of Alberta and we had a an intern in from the States and the exiting interview with that, with that intern was that their observation was our student affairs practice was not as professionalized as that in the US, right? And this was like maybe 2007, right? Um, and I didn't really know how to untangle what that fully meant at the time. Like, uh, like I know we were at, at those at that time as well also also having conversations around bolstering assessment um, you know curricular design and intentionality um, with respect to uh, um, overall design and that was all kind of uh, maturing um, and I see that I see that now because from his perspective that uh, that, that was quite a bit more along 
Um, and so like, I think, I, like, I think like we should be proud of a lot of the pieces that have matured, whether we call it a profession and us as professionals or not, the core piece is intentional design for transforming um, students' lives. Um, so I think that 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 evolution has been really important. Um, being at the Oise classroom um, has been inspiring because I think back to my my like makeshift interview where it was you know I was going in with cardboard, no prep, no knowledge on any any piece, and not even hearing the word you know student development theory until um, I was hired, um, and I am part of these amazing conversations with the students in the class of, of coming in with a lot of these, um, the, or coming in and contributing and engaging with a lot of the intentionality and the scholarship with respect to student affairs and services, and then reading their papers and how they're imagining the future. And what I, what I, what I, what I see is us, them, <laughs> Us as a profession, thanks to where where they're going to take it, is is designing and deepening practice with respect to how we deliver student success. And I think the like if we if we consider like the different waves of student development theory, and if 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 the the third wave now is around social identity and how social identity mediates um, experience and therefore has a um, connection to the direction of learning and development. Conversations around like the, the fourth wave of student development for me are, 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 are prominent. And they're the, the, the piece around like to what extent, right? And the, as, as we sort of intersect the, the, the fourth wave with, with obligations, commitments for decolonization and indigenization for truth and reconciliation, our, 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 our direction with respect to learning and development has to be towards a better, more connected, more human, more equitable existence, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how do we do that, right? And we're, we're, we're in this because of that affinity to, with student learning and development. And now it, 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 it has a different coloring, right? And as we think about uh, indigenization and um, relational obligations with each other and with the environment towards a, um, a greater, uh, a, a deep end, a better existence, that to me is sort of the, the future of how we see our work within that, within that fourth realm and how we push boundaries with the structures that are working against that, right? right. Whether we're talking about um, the fantastic and unfortunate, but powerful movements that we have seen um, over the past while with, with Me Too and uh, Black Lives Matter, but also pushing against neoliberal constructs like Strategic Mandate Agreement 3, where the measurements are all um, economic. But those conversations are, are changing. And just, you know, with, with folks like Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, who just challenged like at the World Economic Forum that why do we measure human 
in terms of, of GDP, like where are these conversations around like humanity and, and wellness and happiness, right? Yeah. Which all have valid measures. And so to me that the, the future is, is changing the, the conversations for a better humanity. And, and really like the, the, last, the last four years connected to something that is no longer as of uh, two days ago has really sort of punctuated the importance of access to quality education and direction for how that education um, should be structured. So good. This was so helpful, especially I feel because of the COVID times I've been like in the weeds doing. So to have this type of conversation to think about this fourth wave, like, what are you telling me? This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and we all have, right? Like, so it, it's yeah. hard to sort of like, you know, yeah. do, do the work that students need from us, which is like maybe a form or whatever, like uh, like like food programs and, and, and all of these like instrumental needs, but also sort of balancing some of these, um, these other pieces, which I think to me goes back to that uh, great power, great responsibility obligation, right? Like yeah. there's, there's, there's conversations happening, like there's things bubbling now, and I and I think um, we we need to sort of deepen our our our, our practice um, in that in that realm because you know if if that's what happens in the educational realm and our work within student affairs and services specifically, like just imagine like the 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 population twenty years from now and where they're where they're where they're going, like they're going to be Greta in like even more super powerful ways and she's already an admirable leader. Uh, thank you, Neil, for the, it, your responses in this discussion has been so um, bucket filling. So thank you so much for everything that you've said. Um, no, thanks for the question and the fun. And it's just like, an, like just awesome to see you. <laughs> um, now we've got our world famous rapid fire questions. It is so world famous. Um, uh, so just give us your, you don't have to think about it too much. Just give us the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, how did you want to get us? If it's not professional, right? Always. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nadia, do you want to get us started? Favorite food? Ice cream. It's really pizza, but ice cream came out, but it's really pizza. <laughs> um, last book you read. Oh, it's so boring. It's student development in college. Okay. Nicknames? Any nicknames for you? No, no, no. And all the like hateful things that Dave shares with me, I shouldn't share for his own reputation. <laughs> 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 okay, no, we can't edit that out. Okay, okay. Um, if in another life you're a Broadway star, what is the role you would want to play most in a Broadway musical? Oh my God, Javert in Les Mis. Ooh, okay. Yes, that's a good one. Stars. Yes. yes. You become a zombie. Who student affairs brains are you most hungry for? Oh my God. That's, so... that's the new question. That's so disturbing. Uh, but it would be Tim Rowley because I just find that he's always so on point. And oh, this is lightning. I don't need to explain it. Yeah. It's a good brain. What is the favorite way people mispronounce your name? <laughs> um, um, Buddle. Buddle. Is, yeah, so it, it, like it's Bedell, um, but some people say Buddle like Puddle. Um, but I get it. Like, it, it, I can see how that happens. Uh, what is your superpower? 
Ooh, um, my colleague DPA Marilyn just sent that actually recently. Said that my my superpower is humor and diffusion, which I would never have thought. I would always give that to one of you actually. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite teacher? Oh yes. Even though like I was not good at science at all, Miss Gora from high school physics teacher. She was just phenomenal with like logical thinking. And um, okay, no, it, that's just I keep forgetting that it's lightning. Okay. Okay. Lightning can strike more than once. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have another teacher you want to give a shout out to? It, it was a prof in, uh, at, in, in a virology class at Mel uh, uh, Harnish at McMaster, who was all about like meeting with every individual student. And he's the one that actually taught me critical thinking because we had to present papers to him. And he just sat there and asked why and how questions. And it taught me how to actually learn and study like for the first time in fourth year. That's awesome, that's how this happens. Uh, if you were to create and host a podcast, what would it be about? It's so, no, I can't go there. Um, it, <laughs> it, would, it would probably be around like, just like, like fun, like, like things around, like it would be around people's behaviors and like, could you believe they did? Like that kind of thing. Amazing. Um, what is something people might be surprised to know about you? I shaved my hair for a fundraiser at Lister with the students and then just never wanted to grow it back. Oh. And now I can't grow it back. <laughs> <laughs> now, who should we interview next? Yeah, that is such a good question. I think Christine Blake from Seneca, because anytime she has visited um, class um, at, at Boise, she just always has these amazing uh, yeah. um, insights and she's so relatable and she has been um, around in various different institutions and in various different positions. And she's just also a phenomenal human who doesn't age. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Neil. I, I don't know if we mentioned, but Tracy Mason Innes was the person who passed the baton on to you. So we're excited to pick this up and, and see if Christine will sit down with us uh, for an interview at some point. Oh, no, thank you. And yeah, Tracy was just like, yeah, so instrumental in the formative times as an educator and as a patient person and as a friend, like she's phenomenal. So thank you so much. Thank you both for this fun this morning. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Oh, it's so good to like relive that again. And just listen. I mean, it, Neil's so generous with his his time and and his energy and this interview was no different it, he was just so thoughtful and oh, I, I have no words if you folks are interested in connecting him through connecting with him through social media he is on twitter at neil Bedell b-u-d-d-e-l 
Also, Adam, what is your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is at, at Adam Kuhn, K-U-H-N. And I am at Nads Roses. Uh, don't forget to do a hashtag Relay Essay when you want to share your reaction on um, this first episode. And uh, Nadia is Relay Essay on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Relay Essay Podcast is on Insta. And we also have a lovely website as well. So there's details, uh, a link to our website on our Instagram page. Perfect. Um, thanks, as always, to Adrian Ross, who did our theme music. Thank you. And I think that's it. Episode one. Done. We did it. We're doing it. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you on episode two. <laughs>